Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Tino Di Siena of Free Gospel Assembly God Church, and you're listening to one pastor's point of view because I am one pastor and I have a point of view. I'm not infallible, I'm not inerrant, but I want to help us, myself included, to reflect on our lives and the situations in our lives, personal and family and relational, uh, through the mirror of God's Word. And we're going to look at God's Word in a way that's more understandable, and also we want to make sure that we're as accurate as possible and yet not infallible. Today's message is entitled, Divinely Imparted Hopefulness, and the key passage is found in Romans chapter 4, verses 16 to 25. I'm going to give you a moment just to get your Bibles, because it's important if we're going to talk about God's Word, it's important that you have your Bible and you open to the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 16 to 25. Again, Paul is reflecting here on uh, Paul's understanding of the faith of Abraham, as the Old Testament tells us in the book of Genesis, that he believed God and it was counted to him for righteous. So belief by faith, putting his trust in Yahweh, in Jehovah, gave him a right standing with God. So God made certain promises to him. And so we're cutting to the chase here in verse 16. And he says that therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring. That's us, according to Paul. Not only to those who are of the law, Jewish, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. They exercise their faith in the gospel. He is the father of us all, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God, in whom he believed. Now notice the definition, notice the description about God here. God is the God who gives life to the dead. That's Abraham and Sarah, right? They were dead. They couldn't produce children. But he has resurrection power. He gives power to that which is dead including the resurrection of Jesus, who actually died historically and was buried. And on the third day, as we say in our creeds, he was resurrected from the dead. And he calls things that are not as though they were. He calls things, as the fathers used to say, ex nihilo, basically saying it doesn't exist yet, but through his word and through his power, he could bring it into existence. Now, we can't do that. This is something that God does against all hope. And here's the key verse right now. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said, so shall your offspring be. Now, what's important, I'm going to give you my paraphrase of this verse because I think this is what it's saying. Against all human hope, Sometimes our hope gets depleted because of situations and circumstances and conflicts that we go through. We're only human. And sometimes our faith and our hope gets depleted. That's just reality. And I think I'm talking to all human beings right now, and we're not angels. Okay? But against all human hope, Abraham, in divinely imparted hope and help and strengthening of hope, believed. So that's why he became the father of many nations. Brothers, sisters, 
friends, we all have varying degrees of talents. And we don't, many times we don't need God's direct help. I mean, we don't, I get in my car and I drive. I mean, I pray for God's safety, but I know how to drive, hopefully. And, uh, you know, some people, they're very good at their business. They understand how to do their business. They're good attorneys. They're good doctors. They're good uh, whatever. And they don't have to pray every moment. God, make me a better, you know, you can pray that, but, but you're not dependent directly I put it this way, on God's strengthening of faith and hope. So we all have varying degrees of talents, and we don't need sort of what I call God's direct help. Sometimes we could humorously pray, God, get me a parking space. And sometimes he does. Other times we're circling the, the corner three or four times, and we finally find a place, and we still thank God for that. But there are challenges, especially when it comes to fulfilling God's promises to us. And God, if we're children of God, God promises things in the Bible to us. And maybe in another podcast, we'll talk about how to decipher that. But for today, God gives us promises. And the promises are his purposes for our individual life, as well as our church life or our family life or our purposes for our marriages etc. and so forth. So there are challenges, especially when it comes to fulfilling God's promises or purposes in our lives, that we need God's direct help or else we can't do it. For example, he gives us what the Paul says, the gift of faith, when we're lacking in faith. And this faith, this gift of faith, this impartation of faith, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and, and, and 13, actually gives us the faith to believe that we can move a particular mountain that's in front of us, a mountain of a problem, issues, whatever. And also in this passage, he, he implies to us that he also can strengthen our hope. Now that's on the same continuum, right? We have hope and we exercise our faith. So it's talking about the same family of virtues and enablements. Now there's a few helpful points that I want to bring out from Abraham's life that will help us to understand how we can have divinely strengthened or even imparted hopefulness. Like I said before, sometimes we go through various situations where our hope is depleted. If we're human beings, even where Paul the Apostle had issues with a sense of weakening in some way in his hopefulness, especially when he went through persecution, he went through various things. You have to look closely in his letters, but you see it there. Even Jesus sometimes would say to his disciples, how long must I be with you? Don't you see what I'm doing? You know, we're human beings. They were human beings. And we go through our ups and downs. So, But a few points, let's look at this, the life of Abraham. A few points that we can consider. The first point I want to make is that God's promise or God's purpose, or we could say plural, purposes, should be followed by God's presence and God's manifestation. We have to be open to the presence and the manifestations of God in our lives. Even if we're home alone, even if we're just in prayer. Now, we can't plan these things. God has the timing. God has the manner. But I guarantee you, according to God's word, that God will manifest himself to you in some way that we would refer to. And here's a, here's a word that I want to use that is to some conservative Christians is kind of a, a taboo. And that is God will speak to us experientially. 
Because you know what? We're feeling people. We have we have emotions. That's how God created us. And we need experiences in our lives. Now, we can't dictate to God how he's going to manifest himself. But let's look at the life of Abraham. Brothers and sisters, we're not cessationists. I know God at some times will manifest his giftings more than other times, even historically. But we're not cessationists. We have the same needs that the early Christians had. And so it wasn't just for the apostolic days. It's also for us. So we need, when God makes a promise to us and he gives us purposes in our lives, we need his wise manifestations that depict his love. We need to be open to them and not constantly critical. Sometimes Christians are really critical of maybe some ministries or some minister that constantly talking about feelings and experiences. And sometimes we kind of feel like inferior to these people. And let me just suggest that some of these things are just fantasy. But I don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Now, that's not a scripture verse somewhere, right? But it's a truth. You don't throw out the baby of the giftings of the Holy Spirit with the bathwater. Throw out the bathwater, but keep the baby. And that's what we want to do. So the first point I want to get here is that God's promises, God's purposes are followed by divine presence and manifestations. We see this and even in the Old Testament, and when God called Abraham from Ur of the Chaldees, he called him. He manifested himself somehow, some way, in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 3, and also in Genesis 15, verses 1 to 5. Read them later. God promised that his descendants, Abraham's descendants, will be like the stars in the constellations, in the sky. Look at the sky. So many are going to follow, and you're going to give birth to a child. You're going to be give birth to a son. Later on, Abraham and Sarah laughed about that, or at least Sarah did. But God had to visit him along the way and encourage him along the way. I'm reflecting now, I, I was thinking about this, and I'm reflecting on the Easter egg hunts that we have sometimes during Easter time, Resurrection Sunday time, and they have it at the White House, and they have it here in different churches. And what do we do with our kids? Along the way, we give them hints of where it might be. And if they put the hints together, they find the, the Easter egg. Well, this is the same thing what God does in his manifestations. He gives us hints that we're on the right track. Now, for Abraham, they happened in Genesis chapter 18. It didn't happen frequently all the time, but it happened in Genesis chapter 18, where these three visitors who were coming to deal with the issue of Sodom and Gomorrah, these three visitors came, and they gave Abraham encouragement and they said to him, this time next year, nine months later, you're going to have a son. And Sarah laughed. And it's also reflected in Romans chapter 4. How can we possibly have a child when he's, I guess, 90 years old and she's close to it or maybe close to 100? That's not possible even then to have that. But you know what scripture says? When God purposes something in our lives, nothing is impossible for God to do. That's why we need divinely empowered hopefulness when our hope when our hope depletes and it will deplete. It will deplete sometimes. God's manifestations are needed in our lives, but it's always and here's the here's a phrase I always repeat to my church, in his time and in his manner. You can never dictate to the sovereign king of the universe and you can't throw a scripture at him and say this is this is what i got to get from you because you said anything i ask for i'm going to get 
because I have faith. So faith then becomes magic. And God doesn't deal with magic. God still thinks he's king. But he's a king who loves us, cares for us, and wants to do the best for us. Now, we see this type of uh, illustration, I, I say to illustrate what I'm saying, in John chapter 14, verse 11, where Jesus is talking to his disciples and revealing to him that him and the Father are one, revealing to him the salvation that he's going to bring and he's going to bring he's going to die for them and die for us and then he's also going to send the holy spirit to be our other comforter etc and so forth and then he says to them jesus was probably reflecting at this point and saying wait a minute i'm giving them all this teaching i'm giving them all this truth how can i make them believe so this is what he says Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. This is what we call the word, the truth, teaching, doctrine. But then he says, but if you have a hard time with that, and I'm putting that and paraphrasing that, okay? At least start believing on the evidence of the miracles themselves. Brothers and sisters, sometimes, and I didn't say all the time, I say sometimes, fleeces before the Lord are helpful aids to us along the way but they are never the goal the miracle is never the goal the sign and the wonder is never the goal becoming more like christ is the goal and for us to continually to trust him and to be hopeful in him is also his job to help us secondly we see from the life of abraham that god's promises are followed by fulfillments Maybe not just the big fulfillment, but many fulfillments along the way. We used to sing a song when I was uh, early in my life in Christ at the church I attended, which is basically the same, the same church I'm pastoring right now, Free Gospel Assembly God Church. And this is what we used to sing. Count your blessings, name them one by one, and see, give notice to what the Lord has already done. So when we do that and we put a whole litany of what he's already done, we get encouraged. That's one of the ways God imparts that there are fulfillments along the way. There are hints along the way. And along with God's manifestations along the way, it buttresses our hope like it buttressed Abraham's hope of a further fulfillment. Remember when Genesis chapter 21 came along and Isaac was born, this helped Abraham to prepare for a bigger challenge in Genesis 22, where the Orthodox Jews called the binding of Isaac, where Abraham's faith was tested. But all the fulfillments and all the experiences and all the manifestations of God and all the hints and all the interactions of God prepared him for the biggest challenge in his life. Fulfillments experienced and noted. That's why it's so great to journal. It's personal for yourself. Not anybody has to look at it. When you pray, you go over the things you've journaled. And when God answers a particular prayer, you write it down and you go over it and over it and over it and over it. And God, by his Holy Spirit, will help us to develop divinely imparted, divinely strengthened hopefulness. Fulfillments experienced and noted helped Abraham to hope some more. It tells us who did he hope for. In chapter 4, verse 17, let's read that again. Hope in the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Nothing is impossible for him to do. 
when it comes to his promises and to his purposes. Now, there are, there are some teachings today and some people that go around teaching on the idea that we can create our own universe, that we can create our own universe and we can create our own answers. All we have to do is go, what God does. You know, we create things out of nothing by the confession of our faith. First of all, we're not God. We will never be gods and we are not sovereign and we have to follow him and follow his lead. Now, if he speaks to our heart clearly, we can confess that, but always realizing that we are fallible and we have always made a mistake. Let God answer in his time and in his manner. Finally, there is our part. This is our part. You ready? To be humanly and honestly faithful. To be humanly and honestly faithful. To be human is never to be perfect. If you want to be perfect, then you have to go to another dimension or you have to go to heaven or something like that. Now, one of the things I want to bring out here, I think Paul is very generous with Abraham, more than generous. Let's look at Romans 9 verses 19 and 20, where Paul is very generous with Abraham and he he praises him probably after the fact. In other words, Abraham sustained himself with the Lord And all these promises were fulfilled, right? But some of them weren't. Remember, he didn't see all the generations. And that's why it's important when we read the faith chapter in Hebrews chapter 11, that we read the whole chapter. Because it says there that some died in faith, not having seen the fullness of the revelation promised to them. But here we see that Paul so exuberant in the revelation that now we come to the Lord, we come to God by faith and we receive his righteousness. Talks about Abraham and and just brings out the positive. You you ever tell a story about somebody, somebody in your family, and and the only thing you bring out are the positive things, and and one of the other family members raises their hand and says, yeah, but by the way, did you remember when he did this? Did you remember when they did that? It's amazing sometimes when I do funerals how everybody that might not have been so perfect all of a sudden becomes a saint. And I understand that because we're there to comfort people. And remember, what I always tell my congregation is this. It's always much easier to pick out somebody's faults than to look at somebody's good points. So focus on the good. If you want to take a speck out of a little particle out of somebody else's eye, make sure you don't have a beam in your own. Hey, that's gospel. But let's see what what, uh, Paul says about Abraham. He's very generous to him. Look at verse 19. Verse 19, take your Bibles again and look at verse 19. It says, Without weakening in faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. And since he had, he's about 100 years old, and that Sarah's womb was almost dead. And then he says it again in verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Now that's very important because Hebrews chapter 11 says that God enabled Abraham. But we have to get back to this whole idea that Abraham was not perfect. You want me to remind you of some things? Okay, what about Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 where he where there's some famine or something's going on in the land. So he takes his beautiful wife, the text says, his beautiful wife, Sarah, down to Egypt. And what does he say? When the Pharaoh is asking, who's this beautiful woman that I could add to my harem? I'm, I'm not sure they call it a harem then. And, and she said, no, 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 she's my sister. Uh-oh. 
Would that be like kind of a lie? Again, he does it again in chapter 16 with King Abimelech. What a beautiful woman. I'll get rid of Abraham and take her. No, 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 no. She's my sister. But the worst of all infraction, remember Hagar? So God was taking his time. Remember, it's God's timing and God's manner. So God is taking his sweet time. Sweet time? My God. What if Abraham started at 40 and at 90 or 100, he finally has the kids? We don't know when Abraham started, okay? And so, you know, so this was Sarah's idea, I believe, if I remember correct. This was Sarah's idea. She gave him the concubine to have a child. And then she told him, get rid of him. That was what I would consider a mistake or not trusting God completely. But let's, let, let's say this, folks, all together. We're human beings. And sometimes circumstances and situations cause us to be weak and to have, to have fear. The gospel doesn't tell us that we're never going to have fear and anxiety. In fact, in, in, the, in the Sermon on the Mount, when, Matt, when uh, Matthew talks in chapter 6, he talks about not being overly anxious. Not that we're never going to have anxiety or fear. Maybe there's some things you're going to you're going experience right now, some fear and anxiety. We want, at the end of this podcast, I want to pray for you that God by his Holy Spirit would give you a sign, a wonder, a presence, a manifestation, a phenomena that even you can understand or I can understand in my life that will strengthen our faith and hopefulness in him. But what's the point? What's the point? Abraham and Sarah were imperfect human beings who were called and used by God to do even impossible things at their age because he did God did everything he could to strengthen their hopefulness in him. When he saw their hopefulness is going down, even when they made mistakes, he would show up, not condemn them, but to strengthen their faith. Don't be around too many Christians that all they want to do is pour pour guilt out on you, point out your negativities all the time, and discourage you and condemn you from a high perch of their own righteousness. That's not of God. That's not the fruit of the Spirit. Let's read again verse 18. Against all human hope, Abraham, in divinely strengthened hope, believed and so became our father in a sense. Our father. My paraphrase goes something like this. Against all human hope, Abraham, in divinely strengthened hope, believed. In spite of the many obstacles and failures, and so became the father of all of us in faith. Why? Because he imperfectly, humanly, believed God, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you're always for us and never against us. Even when we experience conviction of sinfulness, Father, you always do things to redeem and to reconcile. Never, your wrath is justice, but you replace the justice, in a sense, by your free righteousness given to us by faith. And so we come now by faith. For those that are listening to this podcast, we come now 
And we pray that you will begin to strengthen all our faith, all our hopefulness by the power of the Holy Spirit. We pray right now that your presence, that your manifestation will come into every household, into every person's life that's hearing this podcast. Father, only you, only you can do some things in this life. You give us so many talents and we we operate in them and we thank you for them, genetically provided for. But Lord, there are some things, some mountains that we come against that we cannot do it on our own, Father. We need your faith, the gift of faith, and the hopefulness that in spite of all our failures, in spite of all our false starts, in spite of all these things, your faith is regenerated by your Holy Spirit. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. Because not every manifestation is from you. We could look at the Word of God. And we can criticize prophetic words, manifestate. We can analyze them and see if they're really from you. But we thank you for your word. We thank you for our brothers and sisters. We thank you for our churches. We thank you for our Christian communities that help us and guide us. Imperfectly, yes, but they're there to help support us. And we thank you most of all for Jesus Christ our Lord, who though we were yet sinners, died for us and is our Savior. And you know what he does? He doesn't criticize us every day. He continually makes intercession for us because he loves us. He doesn't love us because he turns his vi- He doesn't understand how imperfect we are. You know, he, he's fooled by our disposition and attitudes. But he knows how we are and he loves us. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for that. In your name we pray. And we all said, Amen. This is Pastor Tino DeCiana, One Pastor's Point of View, where we reflect on our lives through the mirror of God's Word. God bless you.